0: Welcome back, or good morning, good afternoon. What's going on? Welcome to the program. Glad you found it. I'm Jim Rome. I'm live in Southern California. I just want to start hour number three by saying, once again, I don't even know what to say regarding last night's game. I already talked about the game and how unwatchable it was, but I'm talking about the Vikings. And I don't know what to say other than to remind you, you should have done exactly what I said to you. You should have faded me. I don't get it at all. I told you as much. I'm going to tell you what I think about this game. I've done all my work on this game. I've done all my prep on this game. I feel very strongly about this bet. I feel that this is how this game is going to go. And I've given it considerable thought. I've, quote, run it through my system. And my system tells me Vikings minus three. And you know what? If it weren't the Vikings and it were anybody else, and I was only looking at the matchup on paper, I would have felt pretty damn good about it. So I told you that. And I told you why I felt that way. And then I said, do the opposite. Do the opposite. Fade me. Fade me. If you want to make money, fade me. Because there's something really weird going on with this team. No matter what I do with the Vikings, when I play them, I lose. It doesn't matter what I do. I can bet with them, I lose. I can bet against them, I lose. Sometimes I even run it through the system and just do the opposite of what the system tells me. Because I know that whatever I do is going to be wrong, so I'll just go the other way. I lose. I bet the over, I lose. I bet the under, I lose. I can't win with these guys. So if you then say to me, hey, moron, why do you play them? There's something weird going on. Why do you play them? Exactly. But inevitably, they seem to keep showing up in prime time. They seem to keep showing up on a Thursday night. We have to play the Thursday night game. Hey, Rome, you don't have to do anything. Yes, I do, actually. I have to play the Thursday night game. I I don't know why. I just do. You know, we have big head bets, I'm watching the game, I'm a captive audience, or hostage. If they play on Thursday, or they play on Monday, we bet the game. So, there they are, I see them on a Monday night against Chicago, and I lay it out and I say to you clones, whatever you do, do the opposite of what I'm about to tell you. Because if I bet them any which way, I will lose. And sure enough, we get beat again last night. I don't even know how to explain it. It's one of the most uncanny things ever. My biggest nightmare is to see them show up on a Thursday or a Monday. Because I know I'm losing money. I I don't even know how to explain it. It's just weird. It's just weird. I'd almost be disappointed at this point if it didn't happen. Except that it did, and it will, and it'll never stop. I don't get it. It's just one of those things in the universe. I don't know what I did to piss off those gods, but something. All right, so there's that. I told you. I hate to be I told you so, guy. If you were smart, you faded me. And then you might have thought, yeah, but I always fade you, Rome. You're never right. But I ride with the big head. Problem is, we both bet it the same way. And we both got punked. But as I mentioned, the entire country actually got punked. We're having to sit through that game. Nobody won last night. Nobody. Nobody. Not even the Bears. Nobody. The Bears didn't win. They need a draft pick. All right, so changing topics. It's been a minute since we checked in on the LA basketball teams, and I'm sure nobody is surprised to find out that things are still going pretty horribly. The hard part is figuring out who actually has it worse right now. On the one hand, you've got the Lake Show. They go into Philly and they get their asses handed to them in historic fashion. But then there is the alleged super team, the Clippers, who just got punked by the Nuggets in a revenge game for 33-year-old Reggie Jackson and 35-year-old DeAndre Jordan, a game that neither the Joker or Jamal Murray or Aaron Gordon even suited up for. Now, you know who did suit up for the Clippers? The fat suit. James Larden. Remember, he's not a system player. He is the system. I'm not a system player. I am a system. He's not a system player. You don't plug him into a system. He is a system. I'm not a system player. I am a system. You plug the system into him. You don't plug him into a system. You plug the system into him. He is the system. A system that's only averaging 14 points per game as a Clipper. A system that only scored 11 points in a home game against the defending champs who were without their MVP. It's appropriate when you think about it though, right? Larden put on one of his typical playoff no-shows with the defending champs in town. So that's not surprising. Remember, this is the same dude who blew into SoCal claiming that he was so misunderstood and so underused, so underutilized in Philly, and that he is not a system player. He is, in fact, a system. I am a system. So I was pretty blown away when he actually tried to slide this crap by us last week.
1: This is individually. It's not about me. Like I can, I can keep saying this about the team and, and the whole purpose of me being here. I think everybody can speak for that. as us winning as a a unit.
0: I, I don't get it, dude. Which is it? It's not about the individual. It's about the team? Before you got here, you said you're not a system player. You're a system. I am a system. Wait, you're a system or you're an individual and it's about the team? Which one is it? This is individually. It's not about me. I mean, seriously, though. That fat suit that he keeps around at all times, that, that's for everybody else apparently, not for him. When he demanded a trade off of a contending team with the reigning MVP, that wasn't about him either. It's about the team. Or the time before that, when he demanded a trade out of Brooklyn, that was also all about the team. That wasn't about him either. He keeps telling you guys it's not about him Individually. When are you going to get it? When are you going to listen to him? Individually, it's not about me. It's not about him. It's never about him. It's never about Larden. Ultimate team guy. Name one time he's ever wanted off of a team. All right, I can give you five times, but. When has this guy ever made it about himself? When has he ever once put himself before the team? Give me one example. I dare any of you. That's what I thought. When has it ever not been about the team with James Larden? You act as if the guy would get fat on purpose to get run out of town. Come on. If this guy does get fat, he's doing it for the team. It's always about the team.
1: Individually, it's not about me.
0: Although, you know what? In fact, he actually did help the Sixers by forcing his way out. Good looking out. We're actually doing just fine. Even LeBag thinks that this dude is a big bag. Speaking of LeBag, how about him? How about LeCap? He suffered his worst loss ever last night. That's right. That 44-point beatdown. At the hands of Harden's former team was the single biggest beating of LeBron's entire illustrious goatish career. A loss so horrific that Austin Reeves described it like
2: this. They made a lot of threes. Uh, we didn't. And <laughs> they beat the <laughs> I don't know. Uh, go back and watch this and get better.
0: That's a great take, right? That's an awesome quote. They made a lot of threes. We didn't. They beat the sh
2: sh sh out of us. They made a lot of threes. Uh, We didn't. And (laughs) they beat the sh. I don't know. Uh, Go back and watch this and get better.
0: That's keeping it real. I like that. I appreciate that. Meantime, the media was hoping to get something from LeBron. The media asked LeBron if the Lakers ought to take the Jalen Hurts approach to this game, use it as motivation. LeBag did not seem to appreciate the tone or the question. How should a team
1: react to this kind of game? Do, do, you, do you just totally flush it, disregard it, move on, or do you let it stew and use it as motivation? I don't know how a team, I can only speak for myself. How do you? I go? don't like it. You said to Dan's question. You said a lot needs to change. Is there anything specific you feel
0: like needs to change?
1: I said a lot. You said what in particular. I said a lot.
0: Yo, man. Tourist much? Chillax, my dude. Go pour yourself some vino. I mean, really, what are you so frustrated about? It can't be the fact that you're bawling the hell out every single night at age 38 while everybody else around you is playing like ass. It can't can't be that the team that made it to the conference finals that allegedly was improved coming into this season and an alleged title contender looks anything but a title contender. It can't be that, right? Hey, it could be worse for LeCap, though. He could be on the Clippers dealing with the selfless fat suit and Pandemic peas, crunch time shots off the side of the backboard. And Russell Westbrook getting hooked by a courtside heckler again. Westbrook. It actually happened again last night. Russ actually started jawing with a fan from the court in an incident that my dude Ben Golliver described on the X as, quote, an extended verbal exchange. That, quote, took a referee and players from both teams to intervene And cool tensions, end of quote. I'll tell you what, man, my man, nobody's got rabbit ears like this dude. He would have you believe there was a line crossed. They brought my family into it. I'm not putting up with that. Say what you want about me, but do not mention my family. Okay, that may or may not be true. I don't know what was said, but you can't, it's not really accurate for him to say, say what you want about me. That's fair game. Because if anybody calls you West Brick, you're ready to go, too. West Brick. I mean, my dude has got a set of rabbit ears. I, I think this dude has better hearing than Adam Silver.
1: For life, 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 life.
0: Nobody picks up the chirping like this guy. This dude can pick up smack happening miles away. He's got like a spidey sense. For anybody who calls him West Brick instead of Westbrook. Now, again, I was not there. He says that the courtside heckler dragged his family into it. He's not having it. He's put up with that long enough, and he's not going to put up with it again. The problem is they all know that. You know, rather than getting sucked into that and hooked, because every fan in every arena knows that, Russ. They know you have rabbit ears. They know how easy it is to hook you. Yeah, I agree with you. You shouldn't have to hear certain things. But you know what you do, Russ? You find a security person, and you point that fan out and say, get him out of here. He's out of line. He crossed the line. The ticket does not give him license to do that. Instead of getting hooked again. Because it seems like you're the only guy in the entire league that that seems to happen to you over and over and over again, right? So, who's got it worse? The Lakers or the Clippers? Look at the Clippers. They're 7-9. and nine. They're the current eleven seed in the West. What do you know? The pieces don't fit. Who knew? The personalities don't mesh. Who saw that coming? How long until a selfless team player like James Harden decides he wants to take his altruistic self to yet another city? Because remember, he's not a system player. He's a system. I am a system. A solar system, perhaps, but a system nonetheless. The clip show, same as they ever were, only worse. How do they lose to the defending champs when the defending champs are nothing like the defending champs? Like nobody who mattered played. The only thing better is if the Nuggets just sat their entire roster or what was left of it for last night and signed a bunch of ex-clippers to 10-dayers. Or is it a two-way now? Whatever it is, just sit all of the Nuggets and carry a Clipper alumni roster to beat the present-day Clippers. You imagine running Lamar Odom out there? Somebody get an Uber for Baron Davis. I think he lives pretty close. He's probably available. I saw Baron not too long ago. He's still around. I know Chris Paul is with the Warriors, but my guy Raymond Ritter, he could probably hook up a day pass for CP3 to come home. Anybody seen Blake Griffin? Is he on the Celtics? Is he still in the league, Blake? Anyway, I bet he'd come back for it. Q. Magetti. Bring them all back. Screw it. Get the candy man. Bo Kimble. My man, Lloyd Vaught. Get Lloyd Vaught. Where is Danny Manning? Get Tommy Tolbert. Get them all. They still win that game going away. Westbrook still gets hooked. And the Westbrook. Clipper alumni still win that game. You know, and coach that team. Larry Brown. I'm sure Michael Malone would let Larry Brown do that for one night.
2: Larry Brown.
0: 1-800-636-8686. Who's got it worse? Who's got it worse than us? Nobody. Nobody. Thought I would check in on L.A. basketball for you all. What a disaster. It says, hey, Jimbo Slice, I am not team first. I'm nation first. Signed, Jardiance Lardin. Wore the Lakers playing hard in every game. Not just those BS tourney games. V in the fee. I have type 2 diabetes. Alvin, if I'm not mistaken, the Lakers are unbeaten in those, quote, BS tourney games. That BS tourney is actually a good thing for the Lakers. I'm telling you, man, when they lay out those really super ugly courts, it's like showtime all over again. It's like magic leading the break. Big game James finishing. It's like they're back in the forum. They lay out these really stupid looking floors. And it's like Byron Scott is just filling it up. Kareem skyhooking everybody to death. Michael Cooper just locking fools up. You know, the good old days. A.C. Green abstaining. Anytime they see those ugly floors, it's like a trigger. Let's win. Let's try hard. Sean Wichita writes, hey, Rome, I don't wear a fat suit. I am a fat suit. I am a system. James Larden. And Gomez keeps trying to get in. Gomez, you're going to have to do better than that, bro. Yo, go, go. You have to do better than that. Gomez, you seem to think there's some conspiracy of mine or the staff to keep you out. There is no conspiracy. Good content gets read. Good content gets on the air. Pretty easy game. Actually, simple game. Simple but not easy. Simple but not easy. Good content gets on the air. This is not good content. Hey, Jim, you can always keep yourself warm by dancing. Sincerely, the JN. I just threw you a bone, GoGo. You like that? That was your Christmas present, GoGo. Because that's not good content. And yet it got on the air. Yay. Yay. When we come back, George Kittle joins me. Anxious to get to that. That's next. And then I'll have an open segment after that. So if you want to participate, go ahead and do it. George Kittle is next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. I'm a pro bowler, a three-time all-pro. This season, he's got 46 receptions, 667 receiving yards. He's got five TDs. The 49ers are 8-3. and three. They're first in the NFC West. They've got a big one Sunday. They take on Philadelphia. He appears today courtesy of Alka-Seltzer. I'm talking about George Kittle. George, what's going on? Good to have you back. How are you?
1: Jim, thanks for the intro, man. You're just you're just so good at
0: those. I appreciate you. <laughs> Dude, and you're really good at football, bro. I appreciate you. Hey, let me ask you. Go back to Thanksgiving <laughs> Day for a minute. You had to work on Thanksgiving Day. Not ideal, but did that beating you put on Seattle in their house make it any better? And how good do you feel about the team overall as you head into December?
1: You know, I will say... I feel like my whole football career, I'm always working on the holidays. You know, especially since college. You know, you're always just kind of grinding through that. And I will say, watching Thanksgiving games my entire life growing up, and watching John Madden cut the turkey, um, it was an honor to play on Thanksgiving, especially with that John Madden patch on there. So we were really happy about that. And also beating Seattle in Seattle is always a great thing that should always be celebrated. But the fact that it was on Thanksgiving, we got to eat some turkey legs, made it uh, ten times better.
0: George Kittle joining us. You knew I was going there next. I mean, even though you worked on Thanksgiving, you were not. You were not going to be denied some turkey. So you're doing a post-game interview. You've got teammates Christian McCaffrey and Jake Moody there. Next thing you know, you're running for daylight with a platter. Dude, how did you end up with the entire bird? Well,
1: all the legs were gone. Actually, the sides
0: were actually really tasty, too. Everything was still
1: warm, which I was very impressed with. I had to say that. Shout out to them. But... um. I was about to step away. I was the last guy at the table because I was actually hungry and eating. They're like, "Hey, do you want the turkey?" And I said, ha, "You don't have to ask me twice." And so I decided to snag it and I took off for it. You know, threw a couple legs up to the to the fans out there. Actually, the first leg I threw out, uh, the fan dropped it. So we'll have to get him back in the get in the, get him in the lab and you know, I'm on the jugs machine, but he'll be better next week.
0: <laughs> Dude, hit him in a bad spot hit him in his hands, like I was going to say, I bet you saw that bird all the way in, and then it was all about YAC. And, of course, it's about the guy getting you the bird, except not really because you just snatched it, which brings me to a long way of saying your quarterback, Brock Purdy. How would you describe the chemistry and the rapport you've developed with him since he took over as a starter last season?
1: You know, I think I can speak for everybody on on our offense, and we're just, we're continually like impressed with the things that Brock does all the time just because of I mean his consistency every single day um, his the, the relationship that he's built with all of our skill players, all the guys that he gets the ball to it's pretty amazing and like we all feel that comfortability comfortability with him sorry and uh, he just su- he's just got such a knack with the ball and also like when you have a, when you have a quarterback that when he steps into the huddle and ten eyes ten sets eyes just snap to him and listen to every single word that he says whether Um, you know, whether it's the play call, whether it's hey, like, no, we got to get this one, or whatever it is, he just lifts players up our entire offense. He lifts us all up to be playing at a higher level. And when you're lifting up a guy like Trent Williams, Devo Samuel, Brandon I.U., Kyle Ustrek, Christian McCaffrey, and our whole line, it's just taking us to a whole nother step there. So, Brock is, you know, he is
0: the, he's the engine, and it's, it's pretty fun to play with him right now. Dude, that is incredible praise. I can appreciate that. George Kittle joining us. And, George, I mentioned your overall numbers. Even more impressive when you consider the majority have come in recent weeks, like you had 18 receptions in the first six games and then have really taken over in recent weeks. What has changed for you as the season has gone on and enabled you to once again impose your will on defenses?
1: Well, Jim, you know, I always feel like I can, you know, you just got to get the opportunity with the football and, you know, that just kind of comes and goes with our offense. We, like I said, we have so many guys that can do so much with the football and so many guys that get great one-on-one matchups, guys that, you know, can slice and dice zones. And, um, you know, I'm not really going to complain about it. You know, coach Shanahan, he, he does his best to scheme us all up to give us our all fair, our all of us, our own fair share. And, um, you know, it is what it is. If there's a game where I have one target, is that my favorite? No, but we, we're getting a dub, and I'm excited about that, and all I really want to do is win a football game, and you know, I want to win a lot of football games and ultimately win a Super Bowl, so as long as we're winning, and you know I can control the game and the run game, and you know if I can help guys get open the pass game, I know the ball's going to come to me at some point. You know, I feel like that's just football karma. You, know, you just you do everything the right way, and eventually the ball will find you. And I had like a three-week three week stretch with like 350 yards and uh, th- like three or four touchdowns. So whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm just going to continue to play football at a high level, focus on what I can control. And when the ball finds me, I just got to make sure I do a lot of really good things with it so they keep beating me to the rock.
0: Sort of thought you'd go there. I th- sort of thought you'd go there, George. The thing is, there's only one rock. There's only one football. And there's a lot of guys on that offense that can make a lot of plays. So I think that's the perfect mindset. So you're getting ready to take on Philadelphia in a rematch of last year's MC Championship game. Are you going to tell me that it's just the next game on the schedule, therefore it's the most important game, or is this one different? Is it personal, given that they ended your season last January and they currently have the best record in the league?
1: You know, um, for me personally, it's um, it's week 12, week 13. And it's one of the – I mean, it's the biggest game on the schedule. It's the next one. It's a fantastic football team, a team who doesn't lose – they find every single way to win, whether it's overtime, whether it's grimy weather. You know their players are making plays, and this is going to be our toughest challenge, in my opinion. You know so far this season, and um, also probably one of the most hostile environments besides Seattle last week. And it's going to be a fantastic game, and I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, I don't really hold on to grudges or anything like that. There's not really that many people I don't like. Uh, I kind of love everybody, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to get my best shot and you know a very physical 49ers team.
0: Hey, George, is there anybody you don't like? Not really, man. I'm
1: kind of a huge fan of everybody. I just, I don't know why. I don't really hold grudges. Um, You know, there might be a player or two that, you know, maybe crossed the line talking crap to me on a football field that I might remember once in a while. But besides that, I'm pretty pretty let loose and, you know, bygones are bygones. And, I'm just going to have a great time with anybody that wants to have a conversation with me.
0: Dude, I, I think that's an amazing attitude. What a great way to go through life. Like You're not running on hate. You're not running on that fuel. So what kind of fuel are you running on?
1: Oh, man. Are you kidding me? I play, I play in the NFL, Jim. In my opinion, I have like the best job ever besides probably being a dad. I'll get there at some point. But, I mean, I kind of run on uh, love, happiness, and joy, baby
0: the best like i said the best attitude so you've teamed up with alka-seltzer as i mentioned at the very top what are the deets what are you doing with those folks
1: well you know that's a great segue actually i told you i run off of uh you know love joy happiness hitting people once in a while and i like to you know i like to have fun on and off the field and some would say i like to go big and so alka-seltzer just wants all of its fans to go big of you know watching football games and not have to miss anything for going too big on their, you know, off days. So they miss things on Sundays and Saturdays. So all they want to do is me and seltzer are teaming up, too. And one of the coolest parts about it is, is I've been using Alpha seltzer since pretty sure high school, maybe college. And it's a product that I've used. And so the fact I get to partner with them is really fun. Um, and all they want, they just want fans to be feeling good and feeling like themselves. So they can go out there and watch all these awesome football games that are being played at the
0: end of the season. I like it. Great. Hey, listen, one last thought on the way out. Your alma mater, Iowa, has got a big one against Michigan in the conference championship game. They've been able to grind out a really nice season given what is, well, my dude, a pretty anemic offense. In fact, as somebody who knows a little (laughs) bit about scoring the ball and having played offense and played there, what kind of thoughts do you have watching them play offense this year?
1: Watching them play offense? Yes. You know what? I think they're, what, last in the the NCAA in yards per game with under 250 yards, but I will say this, what their offense is doing really well is they're holding on to the rock and they're not having a lot of turnovers. I think that's one of the best things that you can do as an offense. If you're not scoring a lot of points, it means your your defense and your special teams have to be, you know, doing a lot for you, and I think that they are, and our defense is, you know, top tier in almost every statistical category, doing a great job, and um, our special teams unit is doing a great job too, kicking game winning field goals. They have the best punter in the nation, which helps out a lot too. And as long as your offense doesn't turn the ball over and is, you know, holding on to that ball so the other team can't score, you have a chance to win every single game. And, you know, I think that's just a kudos to, uh, you know, Coach Ferrance, Phil Parker, Lamar Woods. You know, they're ahead of the coaching staff and, uh, just pulling this team together through this. They've had an onslaught of injuries too, man. It's been crazy. They're on their third string tight end, second string quarterback. They're, you know, 3rd 4 fourth-string wide receivers, and they're just out there every single game day somehow finding a way to win a game and talk about a greedy team and never know what's going to happen you know, in a championship game. So good luck to Iowa and not good luck to Michigan.
0: <laughs> so we'll see what happens on Saturday. You yourself got a big, big weekend. George Kittle joining us today, courtesy of Alka-Seltzer, big dude. So good to have you back, man. Appreciate the love and the joy and the positive energy and the great vibes. George, great talking to you. Jim always a pleasure man until next time until next time appreciate it George Kittle joining us I like that a lot all right if you're on hold you want to stay there phone calls coming up but let me get you to the bottom of the hour and at the bottom of the hour you know you get a sports update so here it is here is Rich Ackerman Friday is Dell's biggest sale of the year. Save on laptops like the XPS 13. Engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform and more. Shop now at Dell.com deals. Some reaction to George Kittle. Damn Rome. Hit that badass George Kittle with the cat treatment. Yeah, I like that energy. War of the Niners winning out. Yeah, I like this energy. He's got amazing energy. He always has that kind of energy. He always shows up like that. Lauren in THC. That's the Humboldt County. Yeah, he does have tremendous energy. Love it. soap bras in. Bra. Great interview with Rhett Lashley. But it was bordering on criminal that you didn't ask him about working with Vivian Lee in Gone with the Wind. Suck, bro! You're trolling hard. You know what kind of reaction that's going to get. Tan man. Appreciate you having George Kittle on. The Hawkeyes need that jungle caramel for the Big Ten Championship game this Saturday. Tomorrow, you should have Raven Center Tyler Linderbaum on. Thursday, Broncos linebacker Josie Jewell, Friday, Jaguars guard, Brandon Sheriff. Let's go Hawks. TJ, in Iowa, wore the Hawkeyes shocking the world Saturday. Wore all of us smartening up in regards to not betting on the Vikings (laughs) games. Hey, bro, respectfully, I get that anything can happen. I could have every current Hawkeye on an NFL roster on between now and Saturday. I could have everybody who's ever played football at Iowa on between now and Saturday, and I still would not like your chances against the Michigan men. I'm not saying it's impossible. The karma is powerful, but it's not almighty, and I can't control it. I did what I could. I got you, George Kittle. So what you have going for you is this. Kittle and the karma. What you have going against you is the worst offense I've ever seen in college. And the fact that you're a 23-point dog in a game where Michigan man thinks the world's out to get them. And they need the natty. Can you imagine if Iowa did them? We'll find out. All right, so... You know this is a big Mike McDaniel house, right? And has been for quite some time. In fact, when most of the outside world was clowning Miami for hiring him as their head coach, this guy right here, this guy, was applauding the hire. I was all about it because I knew two things about this dude before he was hired. Number one, the guy knows ball. I know he knows ball because he spent years as Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man in four different stops. Plus, I knew the guy was quirky as hell, funny as hell, because whenever this dude got near the mic, it was, well, open mic night, if you will, for Mike McDee.
2: Excited to be here. Equally excited for you guys to truly take in how physically imposing I am, so. Well, what do we got? You got, got anything going on? Just hanging out in an auditorium? All right really we haven't invested second round draft picks into offensive linemen I we'd prefer everyone to be 400 pounds and 6'10 if you could engineer that that's a cool question mike what is it about debo who what's up man mike jones let's go what's up i'd love to blame it on my childhood and my mom but i don't eat vegetables at all which as i get older is probably not a good thing and i got to salad and stopped so i don't really eat any vegetables at all Do you a lot eat of French meats I do, yes. That's a vegetable. There you go. Oh, well, there you Potatoes. go. Potatoes. Yeah, you're right. Good call. That's so, That was fun. See you guys. Mike Jones,
0: let's go! That was fun. Fun, funny, and way different than any other head coach in any other sport. So why, why do I bring this up? Because once again, it seems like some of you morons are out there coming for this dude Again. My guy. Actually, both my guys. He and Al Michaels. You see, Friday, if anybody was actually still watching that garbage of a game between the Dolphins and the Jets late in the fourth quarter, Al decided to share a story about how Mike met his wife. Fun, lighthearted, very Mike McDaniel. And very internet to try to set itself on fire. Because, of course, it did. For those of you who missed it, here is Al telling the story about how Mike met his wife, Katie, at a nightclub back in the day while his Sacramento Mountain Lions team was celebrating a UFL victory and how he allegedly stole her from one of his own players. One of the running backs that he coaches is dancing with a girl. And Mike says, listen, you're not dancing with her anymore or you're not playing with his team next year. So the guy says, what, "What can I do?" So the McDaniel starts dancing with him. That's the beginning of the story. So the bottom line: Where am I leading? Yeah, what, what, this is four years. Four years later, they're married. Katie, that's how he met her. Hey, you, get off! I'm dancing with her, right? Unbelievable. Uh, nothing to see here. Al was not coming from Mike. Mike was not coming for one of his players' ladies. Absolutely no violation of the pro code or man code. No flag on the dance floor. No need to review anything. Pretty straightforward stuff. Except for those of you with nothing better to do than come at a couple of legends and create something out of a big nothing burger. Except you succeeded. You succeeded in doing just that. Because the story goes viral and portrays Mikey as Coach Big Clock block. The clock. And it quickly worked its way back to his gal, who long ago became his wife. So incredibly, yesterday, Coach McDee decided to address the media and set the record straight.
2: I would say the uh, skeleton of the story is correct, but uh, there's a couple important caveats. First of all, um, the, the, the perceived threat that I made to a player uh, about... <laughs> Um, was uh, was over over the top a joke, um, considering both he and I knew that as a running back coach, I had no uh, I had no ability to say if he was there or not. Um, it was more in jest. Um, and then second of all, uh, I, you know, my wife was telling me that people are talking about me stealing people's girls. The the dude had met her for forty five seconds, so like, you still, but you call dibs. I mean, I kind of did, but I mean, I feel like I was painted out to be kind of a a, a a d-bag, and it wasn't like that at all. It was it was all it was all niceties. We were celebrating as a team. I, I think Stephen Barkley, the the player that was dancing with her, was well aware when I when I made that joke and jest that it was more important to me than it was to him. So, um, and I th- I'm pretty sure I was right, right? I mean, I have a family now. Like good decision.
1: One or over? <laughs> Clearly,
2: it had nothing to do with anything. It wasn't my my uh, physical disposition. I promise you that. I mean, this
0: dude. He said, "I I'm, I have to address this because I'm being made out to be like a a d bag." This dude is the complete opposite of a d bag, right? Whatever that is. How do you not love this guy? He he's already. I've never even spoken to him. And he's one of my favorite coaches ever. Like, most fun coaches do not last very long, right? This guy's fun as hell. Funny as hell. The other thing, smart as hell. His team is 8-3. and three. They lead the AFC East, a division that they haven't won in 15 years. He's fighting for the top spot in the AFC. I understand they have not fared well when they come up against people who matter. But they are 8-3. and three. And they're in this thing. And he's talking about how he didn't get his wife because of his physical disposition. He's saying, by the way, I think it worked out pretty well. I think it worked out pretty well. I have a family to show for it. He goes, as far as me stealing girls, he goes, that dude knew her for like 45 seconds. I didn't rip anybody's girlfriend or wife. He knew her for 45 seconds, and he knew as the running back coach of a UFL team, I did not have the authority to say whether or not that guy would be on the team next year. This dude's so great. Like, we're lucky. Lucky to have that guy. Lucky to have Dan Cannibal leading the Super Bowl contenders, the Detroit Lions. We can argue about whether or not they're that. But I'll tell you what. Both those teams are relevant as hell. Both those teams are competitive as hell. And both those teams have coaches who are fun as hell. So leave it to the idiots to come and Mike mcdee and Al. Like, who took that the wrong way? Honestly. Who am I kidding? I'm not surprised. There's always going to be a few that have to ruin something good. Like And by the way, get off Al too. Get off of Al. Al is an icon. Al is a legend. What I'm saying is, you're lucky he even performs for you bastards. Leave Al alone. Why do You're so many of you have to ruin great things? Why are you looking to Leave ruin legendary alone. things? Of all the ass broadcasting that there is right now, why are you so fixated on Al lately? Right. And of all the boring, lame, cliche reading coaches in the world, you want to dim the light? On one of the brightest, funniest coaches the sports world's ever seen. Man, get! Get, get with that! Get. Get. get! get out of here! I know most of you actually have good senses of humor and knew all along what Al was doing and this what that story is. involved. But for the Jack Wagons who did not get that and who were really coming at Al for story time, man, get! This is. Luckily for now, your BS has not stopped my guy Mike from being who he is because, as we all know, Tyreek said it best. It's going to take a hell of a lot more to sting a guy like that who needs a wheelbarrow to carry his cocahontas around.
2: What was a good story, even if you tried to wreck it. I feel like I was painted out to be kind of a, 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 a D-bag.
0: Quite the opposite, Coach. Wrap sheet reporting. The Vikings are activating wide receiver Justin Jefferson from IR today. He will play after the bye. Great. Who's going to get him the ball? For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, or click Granger.com, or stop on by. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. We're out.